Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Smetty here. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to start up a, a podcast with your dad? Welcome to another edition of Golick and Smetty. I am Mike Golick Sr. She is Jess Matana. And um, I, you know, I usually love talking about Jess as my partner here and working together and uh, but not so much this time. Well, actually, a little <laughs> bit good and a little bit bad. We had our first uh Golick Family Foundation Golf Tournament, the uh, um, Subpar Classic. Again, double apt, meaning there. Apt so, name for it. Yeah, yeah, it is. I shoot horribly subpar, and there are actually people that shoot well uh, subpar. But uh, this was this past weekend at Notre Dame, and, and Jess was there. Jess was one of the celebrities Yeah, uh, that was there as That's well. That's a first. We, we, had, we had a bunch, <laughs> bunch of people show up. First and foremost, um, I, I, I'm very happy the way the weekend went. Our family is. It was our first one. And as we've talked about, you know, Jess is an ND grad, so am I. We had a lot of former Notre Dame players who came in. That's always a tough part, Jess, because we played in these before. But all of a sudden, when you're the host, mm. you know, and you have to kind of ask these people to give up a weekend of their out of their schedule in the summer to come and show up to your tournament, you know, to, to help raise money. It's always like a, I sometimes feel bad asking, but, man, I, I think the turnout worked pretty well. I, I thought the turnout was great. And I thought it was a great excuse to go to South Bend for a weekend in June, which is like the only month out of the year where, where you might get good weather. So I, I enjoyed it. And, and we got good weather. And and for my generation, again, the, the party was Sunday night. The golf was Monday, Saturday night. And this was just good timing. Billy Joel played at the, at the <laughs> Notre Dame Stadium. True. So, so there was a lot of the people that were my age. We were all there. So it was another day of party. And so it was phenomenal, but it ended up being three days of a lot of vodka and beer uh, for me. But <laughs> Billy Joel, by the way, was fantastic. Dude, 78, doesn't move around very well, but man, can play the, still play the piano well and sing well. He was he was fantastic. He played, Jesse played like four or five encores. It was like almost another, another show. I mean, he played for over two hours. That's amazing. I, I think I told this to you and Gojo yesterday, but I saw a tweet this weekend that said that bands playing encores at concerts is like peekaboo for adults. Yeah. Like you, you know they're going to come back for the encore, but you're still just everyone gets up and claps anyways. Mike, I actually saw a 74-year-old Bob Weir perform at Wrigley Field on Friday, so I feel like we had similar, uh, similar <laughs> weekends as far as drinking lots of, of vodkas and beers. I, I will say... 
Notre Dame probably needs to make the concert scene a little younger. So we've had <laughs> we've think? had we've had so I'm gonna ask you, we've had Garth Brooks twice and Billy Joel once. If you could pick the next act, uh who who do you think should come um, play at Notre Dame? Well, who I would like to see would be like post Malone or yes. the weekend. Will Notre Dame host yeah. them? to be seen but i agree we've got a lot of the classics coming into the stadium we need to find some some young people to to go to concerts there my son mike (laughs) said taylor swift that would be oh that would be a great one because it didn't her brother was at notre dame for like a semester or something no i think he graduated he was uh yeah he did he graduated from notre dame oh okay but i agree the first one i said was post malone i i thought he would be fantastic. Oh, I know Sid there. is a big fan of his. Oh, too, well, so. so is is my wife Chris. She she went <laughs> to a couple of post Malone concerts with Sid. So that's amazing. Yeah, it was. So so the tournament worked out very very well. I, again, so appreciative of the the people that showed up and played, and we got lucky. It had some great weather uh, as well. And as promised, those of you who are listening to this podcast and have listened for a while, we always talk about Jess's baking. So before we even get on the course. I always start talking about what Jess baked and saw on Instagram because it's always phenomenal. And she did, for those wondering, she did bring me uh, a treat when she came to the Sunday night party. It was it was a bag of chocolate chip cookies, which not only were good when I ate them there, then I took them home because there was obviously a ton of food and dessert already at this party, put them in the fridge, and then the next morning had... Nice, cold chocolate chip cookies with milk for breakfast, which <laughs> was one of the great breakfasts of all time. So I appreciate you bringing the, the cookies. Well, Mike, what's funny is, so I brought these cookies from Chicago and they got like totally like melted and all like crumpled up in my purse till I till I saw you. And Tyler James, who's a, who's a Notre Dame reporter, he actually sent me a picture. He got like the press pictures because he writes for the... Uh, South Bend, or he, he used to write for the South Bend Tribune. Now he writes for uh, Inside ND Sports, I believe. And he sent me a picture of me poking you on the back about to give you the cookies while you're showing Brady Quinn a photo of your newborn grandson on yeah. your phone. Yeah. So I'm glad that we have that. I, I, I interrupted I interrupted a special moment to be like, look, I brought your cookies. Finally. Yeah, and, and quite honestly, that's almost as important as me having the first grandkid. So uh, because it was, <laughs> it was good. So that, that sets up. So what happened at this tournament was, again, as I compared it to being the host, our family being the host, was kind of like when Sydney got married in April to, to Ben. When you're the father of the bride, you're kind of the host for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So you are kind of talking to everybody and making sure everybody is having a good time. That was the same kind of feeling at this. This was our event, our family's event. So you're always kind of... I never got to really sit and talk a lot. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure everything's going all right and try and talk a little bit to everybody. So during this quick backstory, my my daughter-in-law, Jenny, Jenny and Jake, my son, uh, Jenny was due July 15th. So we figured we still had a a few weeks. So she couldn't make the trip out because it's a little too late in the pregnancy to fly. But Jake came out on the Saturday before the event started. And it was going to be his last hurrah. He was going to come for just three days of, of just, you know, having a great time, you know, Mm -hmm. and then go back and get ready to be a dad because that's what guys can do because we don't have to carry the children. And if we did, the the world would not be populated. So (laughs) Jake gets here on the Saturday before 
this thing starts on Sunday. Jess, he literally sat down on our couch, had one or two beers, chilled for a little bit, was here for maybe two hours. And Jenny called and said, my water broke. I'm heading to the hospital. Oh, God. We're like, you got to be shitting me. So we had to turn around and get Jake back on a plane. We got him there Saturday night. And she had the baby Sunday right before our family took the stage at the Sunday (laughs) event. So we actually, that was the first thing we announced. So um, Jenny gave birth to baby Jackson, a boy, that's what was the name, uh, about three weeks early. So he was a little over six pounds, big hands though, and big feet, not shocking. Wow, uh, yeah, not but shocking every, at all. Everybody Probably health- gonna be very loud also. I would say so, yes, it's exactly right. We're hoping for the strength of Jenny's legs because she was a hurdler, she ran track at Notre Dame. <laughs> True. So we're, we're hoping for that. But uh, baby and mom are doing great. Uh, Jake's fine, but nobody gives a shit about that. He yeah, didn't do anything. Jake got yeah. Jake got to drink a couple beers and that's exactly have, have right. every Saturday and that's Sunday. Exa- that's exactly right. It's exactly right. Jenny was doing all the work, so they're fine. Uh, they're, they were uh, at the taping of this. They were getting ready to take the baby home. But, I mean, so that added to it as I'm trying to host this thing. It's trying to sink in that we have a grandkid. My wife's off t- tearing up somewhere. But we're trying to face. <laughs> we tried to FaceTime them, but it's loud with the music. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was pretty wild. But uh, so again, even before we get to the the golf, very nice of him. Marcus Freeman, the new head coach of Notre Dame, uh, showed up on Sunday night. Ended up staying for all the way till the end. Very very nice of him. But uh, I was very happy your father got to meet him, and I know mm. he was excited about that. My dad also got to meet Brady Quinn. So both of my parents actually are class of 82 grads. And my dad is is a big Marcus Freeman fan. So that made his night. And my dad actually at one point, he was talking to Tommy Reese for a little bit. Uh, and he, he asked Tommy Reese to take a picture of him with Marcus Freeman. And I was like, Dad, you can't do that to the yeah. offensive coordinator. What <laughs> Make the doing? coach see, take the picture. <laughs> but it, Mike, it really was like a who's who of, of Notre Dame celebrities. And it was just an awesome party. There was like tons of great food. There was an open bar. Uh, there was an auction. Uh, we I think you said you raised uh, how much money did you raise for all the South Bend charities? We'll, we'll you have, have a final it, tally. We don't yet. We know it's at least one hundred and fifty thousand. That's crazy. Um, and we're hoping it'll be even more than that for the four charities, local charities in South Bend. But again, we had players from the seventies all the way till just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian Love. Julian Love got married a couple of days before the tournament, <laughs> and and had said earlier. You know, when when I think it was Mike that that Mike or Sydney that had asked him, and he said, "Yeah, I'm getting married, but I'll try and make it." We're like, "Dude, you're getting married. Don't worry <laughs> about it." He's like, "No, no, no. I want I want to come and make it." Sure enough, he got married and then told his wife, "I'm heading to this tournament," and and he showed up. And then we had all the way my brother Bob, who graduated in '79, Bob Crable, the leading tackler in the history of Notre Dame. Uh, was there as well. Mm-hmm. So those were the 70s guys, like I said, all the way to the late, uh, you know, 2019 or 18 in that area. So it, it was very cool. It's a testament to you, Mike, being like the person who brings all of these Notre Dame people together, because I'm sure everyone wants to support a good cause, but I think people just really want to support you and your family because you guys are just so awesome to be around and, and do so much for the community. So I, I had a great time. I feel very flattered for even being invited. Oh. I know I'm not going to be invited back next year because I, I beat you on the uh, 18th when we both hit our shots from the fairway, but uh, I, I had a great time. 
So you will be invited back. You have to be because you're the returning closest to the pin women's side mm, champ. True. You, you took away some hardware. I did. Yeah. I actually, I should have put it like right next to me you while we did this. I, it's exactly like, right. It's right over there. I, I, it's you, in a prominent place. Did you throw it out already? I mean, no, what the Oh, hell? no. It's, this is going <laughs> in my home studio. I'm going to put it behind me every time we podcast just so you have to look at it. So I, I had a, a, a procedure done on my shoulder so I couldn't full swing golf. I can't yet, but I could still kind of chip and putt. So I was kind of driving around and going to different groups and chipping and putting. And I got to Jess's group on, on 18 and we were about a hundred or 80 or a hundred yards out. And, uh, and so we all, everybody actually hit a pretty good shot. I hit before you, I knocked it about eight, 10 feet from the hole. And I thought pretty good. And then you hit one. It was outside of my ball, but you had a little movement to it. It hits the green and just curves about another one or two feet inside my ball. I was like, you've got to be shitting me. It was my, that, you. that was my best shot of the day, too. I just, as soon as I walked away, I like wiped sweat off my forehead. I was like, I can't embarrass myself in front of Mike. These people, Mike, these people in my group, one of them was a class of 09 Notre Dame grad named Weston. He was like an unbelievable golfer. I think we finished like seven under. We were probably the only team that didn't cheat. Um, well, that's your own fault. I, I agree with yeah. that. I think yeah. I think I think Kyle Rudolph's team finished like thirty under or something like that. They so so um, Kyle Rudolph's team finished second. They were at fifty eight, and that's normally in a scramble. You get fifty five to fifty nine is right. what these. It's unreal. Well, he can also drive the ball like four hundred yeah. yards. Yeah, he had that Dane Kristen with him and, and Braxton Cave, all guys that, that all played together. And then the winner was actually a former teammate of mine with the Eagles. Jeff Fiegels, uh, a punter, Jeff played 22 years in the NFL. 22 years he punted in the NFL. We were together for a few years in Philly. And by the way, he's a great golfer. And, uh, and, and so he ended up winning it. And the thing I love about that is he went to the U. He is not a Notre Dame guy. He, he, he was practicing the day before at the Warren uh, at Notre Dame. And, and he's bald and he didn't have a hat. And instead of going in and buying a hat, which would have been a Notre Dame hat, he just kept slathering, you know, a sunblock on his head. I said, go get a hat. He said, no, I can't. I'm not going to put on a Notre Dame hat. Well, it turns out first place for this tournament was actual Notre Dame football helmets. So he took a Notre Dame football helmet home. Yeah. I hope he wears it. I hope I hope it's not in a dumpster right now outside of the main building. His wife will made sure that that it would be displayed <laughs> because she loves she loves giving it to him uh, as well. But uh, all in all, it was a, it was a really really um, it was a really nice event. Uh, again, I, I appreciate the nice things you said about people coming for us. And, and like I said, I I've never been one of those guys when you're out and you talk to people, meet people. Hey, give me your number, give me your contact. I, I was never like that. So. It was actually weird at first. I had to reach out to other people to get some of the contact information to some of these people I knew because I just never got, I never felt comfortable doing that. But it was, it was all very nice of them to do. So we'll get the final numbers uh, for the four different charities that we raised money for. It was the, the, in South Bend, the Logan Center, the Northern Indiana Food Bank, uh, Center for the Homeless in South Bend, and the Animal Rescue in South Bend. So we'll get some final numbers on that but uh so but uh, again going back to marcus and staying in college football was very nice of him to show up and hang up by the way again marcus and brady quinn 
good looking guys. I mean, <laughs> wow, right? I mean, well, Mike, Mark is actually he he listened to our show last week, so you interviewed him last week with your son, right, Mike Gojo, and uh, we talked about his candy dish, and he said like you know. He listened to the to the episode and he liked what we said about his candy dish because you know starbursts aren't very good and and the lint truffles make the dish. Well, he got you. I knew he's like, yeah. But suddenly he heard you saying, you know, you didn't like starbursts, and I think that's his favorite thing. And you, <laughs> and you were like, yeah, chocolate saved the day. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, there's been a lot of college football news in the last yep. weeks. So, uh, the main thing that I saw. So I was on a flight from New York to. Chicago on Friday morning and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this there was a this is the day after Arch Manning's uh announced he was going to go to Texas so he's you know the the prodigy of the Manning families I think will be class of 2023 quarterback going to Texas and I saw on ESPN like the lower third on the screen said like can Arch Manning take Texas to the national championship and then it was like an asterisk was like Texas has never played in the college football playoff before and I it was I'm paraphrasing but it was something like that and I was just sitting there like man we are putting so much pressure on this kid like I thought we kind of learned our lesson with the last like 50 times we did this to to like 17 year olds but I guess not so I'm trying to think though Jess who was the last one that had you know as we were talking about this a, a bit a bit ago uh, I, I was on. I went on on Mike's podcast, and we talked a bit about it. Is this kid has to be so used to the pressure, right? I mean, and and people that people that don't know understand this isn't Peyton's kid or Eli's kid. This mm-hmm. is their brother Cooper's son. Right. Peyton and Eli are the uncles in this one. Obviously, Archie, the the, the granddad, and this one is. He's a kid who can move and he's got a strong arm and unlike his uncles, he can move in the pocket. Mm-hmm. At least now he can, <laughs> where, where Eli and Peyton, uh, not so much, uh, could do that. And you're right, he's a class of 23, the number one player in the class of 23. But And, and you're right, all of a sudden, you know, it's either is Texas back, is Texas back, is Texas back. And then they'd play up kind of well. Yeah, they are, but then they'd go back and, and not. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, yes, a team that's never been in the playoffs. And right. oh, by the way... When Arch is there, they're going to be moving into the SEC. Yeah. The so, SEC West, too. Not even yeah. the East, which, like, you know, the East is a lot easier than the West. It but absolutely is. I know, Mike. I, I was trying to think, too. Like, I know, I know, like, Notre Dame has had some pretty highly touted recruits. Like, I remember Jimmy Clausen's recruitment yep. was pretty – but I don't know if that's me and my, my Notre Dame bias because I was a fan uh, when I was younger, but – like maybe Johnny Manziel, maybe I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's just I can't think of another player who had that level of stardom before even playing and was like leading a leading a morning sports center or get up or whatever show it was well, on. Well, I, I think it's because of obviously obviously it's because of his uncle. So we knew of the name when he was playing in middle school, let alone mm-hmm. high school, where a Johnny Manziel or Notre Dame guys, a Ron Paulus or Rick Meyer or yeah, you know, Ron Paulus is another you, you, one. You don't know, you just know about them coming out of high school. Well, we knew Arch. We've been seeing video of Arch forever. And, you know, so yeah, the pressure and, and, and so he's, he's had to deal with that, but now he has to deal with it on a whole new level, right? There was a level of high school. There was a level of him being the number one uh, ranked player in his class of 2023. And now, now there's a level of what's going to think of the domino effect because of the portal just that goes on. So another thing Mike and I were talking about. It, it, is he going to play right way? Is he not going to play right away? Will he redshirt? Will he not? Because as soon as he steps on the field and has that job, 
the other quarterbacks are going to transfer, right? Because they have some named guys there right now who all, I think, are going to understand unless Arch just comes in and can't play or it takes them longer than they think to play, he's going to get every opportunity to play. So the key now for a Texas quarterback is the kid who's playing this year. It's almost like you're a veteran quarterback in the NFL and they draft a high, a first-round quarterback where you know you're playing now, but you know the job isn't going to be yours forever, right? Because yeah. eventually that number one pick's going to get the job. Eventually Arch Manning's going to get the job. So you want to play well for that, that team you're going to transfer to down the road. And I mean, I just feel like it's crazy that we're we're even like, talking about yep. talking about like all of this when he hasn't even like started school yet right because like that's how it is now with I mean not only is he famous but he's going to be making boatloads yep. of money yep. before he even steps on campus and, and he's allowed to now which I think is a good thing um but I I just I'm I'm blown away by how how quickly that led all the news channels also also I should mention Johnny Manziel was like a three-star recruit so that's yeah, a, a yeah. terrible example by me but uh <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't think of another another player who compares that played quarterback. No. That's for sure. I, I mean, one of, one of the highest rated coming out. Now his dad. I actually played with his dad with the Houston Oilers. But it's not like Oliver Luck was this monster quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But but Andrew Luck obviously got a ton of pub. Mike played with Andrew in the um, Army All American game, and Andrew came out as one of the highest rated quarterbacks ever. Mm-hmm. You know, high school, and then obviously out of college, going to the NFL, and he was a known name because of his dad. But obviously, Eli and Peyton just soar way above yeah. that with not only the name value, but what they've accomplished. Both both Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So I think you know, going back to your point, and it's a great point because a lot of people will just say exactly that they've never been to the playoffs, and now I mean, what's the expectation? And first. One of the big reasons uh, Arch went there is is Steve Sarkeesian. Sark mm-hmm. is a quarterback guy. He's he's coached with a couple of teams in the NFL. He's coached some quarterbacks in college that have played in the NFL. So I think that was one of the big reasons was the development, not only to play big-time college football, which this kid was going to do anyway, but also to prepare him for the next level. And I'm sure people are going to be like, well, how is he going to carry this team? I think what you now look for, Jess, is him to be – wave the banner for Texas, right? Because mm-hmm. it's another year. It's not till 23. So now it's getting in the year of all the, the, the best wide receivers in the country who now know the best quarterback in the country is going to Texas. Mm-hmm. And what a wide receivers like. They like a really good quarterback that's going to throw them the ball. So you wonder how much this will help Texas in the with the ancillary positions of bringing in other, you know, big time players. Yeah, absolutely. But it it remains to be repeated, or it, it, it warrants repeating that Texas has not been yeah. <laughs> any good for a really long time. I mean, they're still obviously a huge brand, but I think that uh, I think that it's it's amazing that you see a recruit that's not even going to be playing this year, going to be playing potentially not even next year because he'll be a freshman. Um, is now like, yeah, are they going to win the are they going to win the national championship? It's like, well, hold, it, let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> We'll we'll see, but uh, it's been this is college football has gotten very, uh, very competitive very quickly, and I I've always thought that like high school recruiting there are some people who cover it really really well like Bud Bud Elliott who I used to work with and um, CBS uh, CBS does a good job with like their cover three podcast and covering this too, but I've always thought that college football high school 
recruiting and college football was like the one last frontier that hadn't gone mainstream yet in the coverage of it. Right. Um, because I think most people just start paying attention once the player starts playing. Right, right. And I think now with these high profile uh, recruitments like Arch Manning and like uh, the, the player who was c committing to Miami this week that they claimed he was signed like a $10 million right. uh, NIL. NIL deal. And then he came out and said he didn't like, I think, I think recruiting media is going to probably blow up even bigger than it already has in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll see where Arch goes again. I talked about, he's more, more, you know, mobile in the pocket. He's listed at six, three, two Oh four. Now, again, he's only going to be a senior. So he has time to gain some more weight. Cause we know Eli and Peyton, especially Peyton, good size, you know, sitting at 6'5". Um, so we'll see where Arch ends up there. And you asked the perfect question is, what's going to happen as freshman year? Is he going to come in? I'm sure many people feel, and this is what we don't know, that he's going to step on campus ready to play. And we have no friggin' idea if that's going to be the case or not. No idea because of the jump. Because that's another thing that is a little bit, is like the competition he plays in. You know, that, that, that's a big difference. You know, my, my boys came from Connecticut football, which was like, when we moved here and I worked at ESPN, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I grew up in, in Cleveland where we get 8, 10,000 uh, a game, and you get a lot of high recruits out of the Cleveland area. And we were in Connecticut, and I said, guys, you really have to dominate here because it's just there's just not a lot of a competition here. And that was the one thing about Arches, what was the competition he was playing when in the likes of – you know, California teams and, and Texas teams and Florida teams. So we'll see. That, to me, is going to be one of the big questions when he steps foot on campus. I know people are going to want him to play right away, but Sark's going to have to be real careful with that. Yeah, so the, the Miami player that I mentioned, his name's Jaden Rashada. So he reportedly uh, joined Miami and signed a $9.5 million NIL deal with the Miami booster, whose name's John oh. Ruiz. And this is all according to on three, I believe. And then after that happened, uh, there was like some denials made by him. And then there was also a accusation from this guy, Michael Caspino, who's a NIL lawyer, uh, apparently, I don't. Nil lawyer is interesting because nil yeah, only yes. existed like yep, <laughs> a year yep, ago. Exactly. That he left millions of dollars on the table, and uh, then there was like a whole thing with Florida, and you know, apparently he he had gotten a higher offer from Florida, and then chose Miami instead. So now the Florida message boards are uh, basically on fire. So it was a it was a very interesting and unusually not quiet college football weekend. Um, I don't know if you followed that story at all, but I think it, there's been just like a lot of really messy college recruitment stories that yes. have come out in the last few months. And I obviously have no idea what is true here and what isn't true here. Um, but I guess I guess what is true is that the Florida message boards are a dumpster fire right now. But uh, I, I think, you know, when our college football message board is not a dumpster that's fire. That's exactly right. It's interesting. <laughs> Sticking with, with on three, they're, they're talking about NIL deals. And they, they, they talked about, I'm trying to see when this, when this article uh, came out, but it, it talked about on three giving, pay, uh, or Arch Manning, a 3.1 million valuation for potential NIL deals, the highest among any high school football player, and third overall behind Bronny James at 6.1 million and Bryce Young at 3.1 million. I, I can't, I, I, I have heard insane stories of between like eight and 14 million yeah. for Arch Manning. So, and, and again, 
I, I have no idea if we'll ever find out what's true, but also we're in an era of finding out a lot of information. Right. Yeah, also uh, the the marketplace is kind of like still not out in the open because I'm assuming right, there's right. probably a lot of recruits who have signed really lucrative deals that just aren't announcing it. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. It's it's very interesting, Mike. I'm I'm curious to see what what this looks like uh, next year. I I don't know. It's just covering this is now going to be part of the whole thing. I, I'm curious, actually, Jess, even more down the line, like three years from now, where are we going to be? Are there going to be guidelines to NIL? I mean, are, are there going to be any rules and who's going to make them if they are and who's going to enforce them right. if there are rules? That's, right? that's the problem. If the NCAA wants to start regulating it, they're going to have to start enforcing it and then they're just going to open up a whole can of lawsuit uh, lawsuit worms uh, on themselves. So, yeah, this, this is this is kind of the new frontier. Yeah, I, I don't know where it's going to end, but hey, congrats to Arch. Congrats to Texas. I mean, Sark, you want to talk about you know, we, we've seen Texas coaches not last too long in Texas if they're not running right away. But, you know, Sark may have bought himself a yeah, couple of years. At least you know, like three years, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go home and say, yep, they ain't got to worry about getting any real estate agents right. out We're here rebuilding. at this point. Exactly. So we'll see. We got we got plenty of time uh, before that one, uh, you know, pen hits the paper or cleats hit the turf with Arch Manning. Let him go enjoy his senior year. Uh, in, in high school before the weight of the collective college football world just dumps uh, yeah. on his shoulders. So just one other thing that's getting ready to go at the taping of this, we're still a couple of days away from um, NBA free agency. So that's going to start happening very soon. And, and always, this is the time of year where NFL players get mad. Because they see <laughs> deals going out, forgetting the superstars, and especially in, 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 because in the NFL, these quarterbacks are starting to get them, quarterbacks and Aaron Donald. But it's like when the mid-level players in the NBA are making the outrageous money, it really ticks off the NFL players. Like, wait, why are these guys making so money? And there's obviously a clear difference of a 53-man roster and right. a hell of a lot of overhead as opposed to a 15-person roster right. when – Football brings in about $15 billion. The NBA brings in $10 billion or more. And think about it with such a small roster, they have way more money to be able to spend. But uh, So we're getting to that right now. And, and next week, we'll, we, we, we talk about that um, a little bit more. But right now, some of the things we know, because, again, as the taping of this, we're still a day or so away of, I think just one day away from when players have to decide whether they're going to opt in or not. And a couple did. Russell Westbrook opted back into the Lakers for over $47 million. I mean, my God. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. And uh, on the other side of that, John Wall got bought out by the Rockets to become a free agent. It looks like he's going to sign with the Clippers. But the big news has always been Kyrie Irving. What's going to happen with him? Is he going to opt in? And he opted in uh, back to the Nets uh, for, I think, what a little about like 36 and a half 30, million 37 yeah yeah right right in that air 36 and a half 37 <laughs> you know what we're over a half a million dollars right <laughs> but but we got to find that quote he had the quote right yes i have it he you said that? he said so, so this is what yeah go ahead this is, this is amazing he said normal people keep the world going but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow i've made my decision to opt in see you in the fall <laughs> so is he telling us he's daring to be different by taking $37 million, we're supposed to go, wow, 
Woohoo! What a freaking dare by you, Kyrie! Right. Well, I, wait, I'm a, not, hey, wait, wait not step exactly out on sure. the edge. Right. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Like I, I always try to give like a generous yes, reading yes, to athletes. Yeah. But in this case, I really, truly do not know how to interpret this other no. than like he just said something and it maybe there isn't any meaning behind it. He just wanted to say a thing. I, I guess it's because he said other things, you know, he, the, the, the flat earther and the, <laughs> he you know, said no, lots of things. Lots yes, of, that, no, you no can dinosaur. definitely say that about Kyrie Irving. Yeah. He, Irving. He keeps saying things. So when he says these kind of things, I read it and I'm like, wait a minute. What? So what are you saying that, that? You're daring to be different by staying there, and I, I mean, I, I, I guess my generous reading is like maybe he meant that about going to Brooklyn in the first place, but I don't also think that that's very different. That's pretty. That's it seems pretty normal. Maybe maybe at the time he felt like he was being criticized for it, but I still don't really see how. I don't know. I'm trying to be generous, Mike, but. I also do, I also disagree. Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I mean, is that even true? Can we I, even I, say I, is anyone normal? I I don't know, Jess. I mean, <laughs> I, I, and I think because it's Kyrie, it just you 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 want to maybe put more into it than we really should. And maybe Kyrie's just sitting and laughing, going, "Everybody's yeah. going to try and break down what I say, so I'm just going right. to say dumb shit." Sometimes he always wins because we yeah. always talk yeah. about him. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the whole right. Thing. And exactly Mike, if right. you think NFL players get mad when they see these NBA contracts, imagine what WNBA players feel like oh, when they see them. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh god. But but I mean, the, the money's coming. Uh, you know, as I just said, when you bring it in, like I said, over ten billion dollars, the NBA brings in. So. They have uh, they have a lot of money to give and they give it and these guys are the money they're making. But we're seeing, listen, we're seeing the NFL quarterbacks, you know, at, at, with Aaron Rodgers at yeah. fifty million, you know, this year. We keep talking about the NBA guys, forty, forty-seven million. Well, Aaron's Aaron's right there, and the quarterbacks are, are getting right there right now. So, and that salary cap's going to keep going up. So, uh, I think that the money will keep going up in the NFL as well. But uh, so the NBA, as we said, free agency is going to get going. That'll get more into next week as it opens up and we start to see uh, some of the signings. But so those are the, some, of, some of the things that have gone on uh, already. And one other thing just to, to touch on is we have a, another champion in our major sports. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in yes. six games over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was looking for their third straight. Colorado was the better team in this series. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The Tampa Bay trying to you know get to that game seven and obviously you give them their due as they were going for their third straight so uh, they obviously have a ton of talent on that team but Colorado just looks so good in this and it brought me to that question just because we used to have when I was doing shows at ESPN right around this time we would get some former hockey players to come in to do shows with us and the NHL would bring in the Stanley Cup Mm-hmm. And the Stanley Cup would always be brought in with a guy wearing white gloves and any player. Yes. The guy with the white hair, too, yes, right? Yes, exactly. I forget and, and his name, but he's I do, like I do too. Le- he's, legendary Stanley Cup handler guy. Yeah, he's a, he's just, I will always remember him as a Stanley Cup handler. Uh, but all I know is players, if they haven't won a Stanley Cup, will not touch the right. trophy. They will not touch the trophy. But when you win it, you beat that tro- You beat the shit out of that trophy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really want to know, is there a better uh, – to me, I don't think there's a better um, in-person playoffs to watch mm-hmm. than hockey. Because when you get to playoff hockey and you get to overtime playoff hockey, 
it's it's unreal. I mean, I absolutely love it, love it. But the trophy, I'm trying to think, Jess, of a, of a better a trophy. Now, it all they all have great meaning for those players in that sport. But in the Stanley Cup, again, for those that don't know, players get to each player gets to individually have it for X amount of time, mm-hmm. and they do all kinds of freaky stuff with it. You know, it goes all <laughs> over the place. But it just seems to me like that trophy is is honored more than any other trophy by its players. Right. Well, I can think of one trophy that comes close. It's actually the Golic Subpar Classic Women's ah, Closest ah. to the Pin trophy that I won yesterday. Yeah. But Mike, I think it's just because, like you said, it's one trophy that – I think there's actually two of them, right? So there's one that's, yeah. like, kept somewhere safe, yeah, and then there's one so. that everyone gets to, like – screw around with and like put their babies in and like drink out of and stuff. Um, And I think it's just because like, it is that like, you don't get to keep it. It's it's you borrow it for your day and then you have to give it back. Whereas like, you know, anyone who's won a Lombardi trophy, like they all kind of, this team gets one, like the owner gets one, like a lot of times, right. The replicas are out there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't know how that works because I'm pretty sure players do you know how like the trophies are allocated for nfl teams i don't because i never got past the second round jess thanks for bringing that's that fair up. neither neither yeah. did i but uh, <laughs> and then and then there's the commissioner's trophy the baseball one which yeah. i just think is like a stupid looking trophy i yeah. it just yeah. looks very fragile and and like uh, non-functional it does the least for me i i, I agree with you <laughs> right. there it does now again players obviously love it that's their goal that's what they want to get but so if you had the Stanley Cup trophy for your allotted time, what what would you do with it? Where would you take it? Ooh, that's a uh, – I've never even thought about it. I guess I'm maybe just take it out with me for a day, go shopping with it, go to, you know, TJ Maxx, go get lunch. <laughs> go to TJ Maxx just, with just the thinking Stanley of what, Cup? Just thinking of, like, what I do on a normal day, Mike. Maybe maybe play a, a nine nine holes. I don't know. What would you do with it? Well, I would definitely be going out to eat, and I'd take it with me, and I would drink out of it. Uh, that it yes. would be it would be my it would be my cup for what, the night. What would you drink out of it, though? That's the uh, important question. Well, I'm a, I'm a beer guy normally, but boy, this this last weekend there was a lot of vodka involved. So you could <laughs> make I could make, and I'm a big Moscow Mule guy. So oh, okay. I think maybe make a huge Moscow Mule in the Stanley Cup and a lot of straws and let people share. So the other side of that, here's the other thing I would do with it. Okay. How about this? Monster hot fudge sundae. Oh, my God. That sounds so Could good. Could you imagine how big that sundae would look? That uh, uh, what what is in your what is in your Sunday? Are you doing vanilla? Are you doing vanilla so, chocolate strawberry? Like I'll, what are I'll we mix, doing here? I'll go Neapolitan. I'll mix. Okay. I'll do vanilla. I'll do chocolate. I'll throw strawberry. Probably vanilla and chocolate. Okay. Um, I, I'm not a big. I'm not a big nuts guy on the ice cream mm-hmm. or cherry i'm not really, really? big into that I yeah yeah, yeah i'm not i'm pretty pretty basic um what i would like to do in the bottom before you put the ice cream in it you either give me a couple of your cookies okay. or a big brownie a brownie yes, yes that is yes. a great call so let's layer the bottom with a brownie let's put i mean again i'm just trying to guesstimate because it's the stanley cup and how big it is i don't know 20 30 scoops of ice cream I'm, I'm actually I'm googling right now has anyone ever eaten ice cream out of okay. the Stanley Cup? We'll see if we'll see if we pull anything up. Now that I think about it, um I would probably so I actually have 
I should I should tell you my Stanley Cup experience. Oh, okay. I yeah. actually have seen the cup in person. Uh-huh. I was at a Notre Dame tailgate uh, the the fall after the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, and there were two Notre Dame players on that team, Brian Rust and Ian Cole, and they brought the, the cup with them. Oh, okay, to a tailgate. To a tailgate because awesome. Notre Dame obviously plays on NBC, and at the time right. NHL still had the NBC deal. So they were doing some sort of like cup thing on the field right. at halftime or like during one of the you know quarters uh, to honor the Notre Dame players on the team. And so they brought it to a tailgate and I happened to be at the tailgate where they brought it. And Mike, it was the craziest experience of my life. I looked to my left and I saw this huge trunk and I was like, that looks like the Stanley Cup trunk. And then they opened the trunk right in front of me and I felt like a dream and they pulled the Stanley cup out and everyone kind of like started swarming them in, in the, in the, you know, stadium lot at Notre Dame. So I swarmed them and they started pouring natty lights. There you go. And so I actually, uh, I don't really drink beer, but I made an exception. I drank, I drank a sip of natty light out of the Stanley cup at the, at the tailgate. Oh my God. That's a great one. Talk about burying the lead. Mike, it was like, probably the coolest moment of my life oh my god that is i i'm so jealous now now and again because i i've seen it in person i'm just trying to visualize the weight and everything did you pick it up no they whoever it was like i think it might have been the players themselves but like i said like this is a blur because i was just like you were hammered i was euphoric no i wasn't even hammered (laughs) i was just like i couldn't believe what i was seeing with my eyes because i should add mike this was in i think it was this in this was in 2016 or 2017 so in like 2010 2013 2015 the blackhawks had won the stanley cup right right and i had always just wanted so bad just to see the cup and i had all these like sports media jobs at the time and i was like in chicago i was like i hope they just bring the cup in and i was, would go out in the city and find out that the cup was at the bar next door and i didn't know and i just missed it so i had all these like near misses with the cup for for years and really just wanted to see the cup and then like it showed up out of nowhere where i was least expecting it and wow. I, I had a sip of natty light out of it so yeah that it was... natty light in there that is awesome but someone someone was lifting it up for okay. me and i remember like shoving my phone in some some girl who i was with i was like just take a picture and she took a bunch of pictures of me drinking out of it so i have a picture of it oh you do oh well that yeah. that'll I'll be send going. it to you yeah we'll, yeah we'll, we'll post we'll, it on we'll post it we're on gonna post media. it with this <laughs> my god jess that is so burying the lead that is I, yeah. I am so envious and jealous of you. I, I know, would love to Mike. Be out and I cup. really regret not stealing it and taking it to the TJ Maxx in Mishawaka stealing because that it. would have been the best. But realistically, if if I could drink anything out of the cup now, it would be a double shot of espresso with like a little bit of steamed oat milk, just like a little tiny shot. Drink my espresso. Put it back down. All right, you're just ruining it for me now. <laughs> espresso with with a would you say oat something oat, oat milk? you know oat milk it's like you make the oats and you turn it into milk and dairy Seriously? alternative i don't Seriously? know i feel like i love coffee i feel like that'd be great i love put coffee, some kalua in it does that make yeah. you happy uh, yes i need okay. some alcohol because I, I don't imagine it being a calm situation when you have the cup just like that you're at a tailgate that is that is just a great story so all right so you have Visual, I want you to visualize now when you had the cup and saw how big it is, how many scoops of ice cream do you think could fit in there? Like a, a lot. I I would say at least like 25, 30. Yeah, yeah. What a Sunday that would make, huh? Yeah. So we got a brownie on the bottom. 
Yeah. 15 vanilla, 50 chocolate. Mm-hmm. And then we got uh, the hot fudge over the top and then a boatload of whipped cream over the top as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll sprinkle, you know, some, some, some ground up Oreo cookies on top of that. You know what, Mike, have you ever been to Cold Stone Creamery? Jess, that's a, that I was trying to envision. I there's one, you know, ten minutes from my house right. here in South Bend. Yes, yeah, so I, I used to I, spend a lot of time there. Mike, lots of time. We, we got to get like the world's biggest cold stone, and and get the two giant scoop things. Yep. And make a giant ball of ice cream with it, and so mash the one, the one the I always get in. there. The one I always get there is birthday remix. Oh my god, that's my favorite yeah, one. Right. I get that so, one too. So we'll birthday remix it. Yes, we'll probably need Stanley about Cup. ten large ones in there, and then <laughs> and then we'll we'll just destroy ourselves. I love this idea. This is this would I I googled has anyone ever eaten ice cream out of the cup? And apparently yes, a Capitals uh, coach went to a Cold Stone in Virginia and nice. they ate some ice cream out of it, but they didn't put the ice cream directly in the cup. It looks like they kept it in the cold stone paper oh. cups. So, so, so I don't I, know if that counts. So I wonder, I wonder there has to be, I wonder what rules are involved with it. Right. And obviously there are many guys that don't follow the rules when, when they take it right. out, but I wonder if it comes with a set of rules like that. You can't put actual ice cream in the cup, of which I wouldn't listen to that rule right. at all. Well, because- actually, now that I'm on Google Images, it does look like there may have been a Kings player who put actual ice cream in the Stanley Cup. It also looks like there may have been a player who ate cereal out of it. Oh, that's another, Lucky Charms. That's another yeah. one. What, what a, I'm a big cereal guy. What a monster bowl of cereal that would be. Also, it looks like someone once ate meatballs out of it, which I'm not sure about that. But I you do know that what? spaghetti and meatballs. Hell yeah. <laughs> Mike, I think I think what you should do, get the Stanley Cup, eat the Sunday. Yeah. We'll eat all the ice cream. Yeah. Knowing your family, we'll finish it off in like four minutes. Easily, yeah. And then we clean it out, and then we put the pugs in it, and we take it. Oh, out. that would be great. They'd both fit in there. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Well done. And now all I have to do is know someone Win who Win the Stanley the cup. cup. Yeah, or know somebody <laughs> who would let me do that with it. Like you, I, I am, I, I'm legitimately jealous of you and I can't wait again. We'll post that picture with, with this pod. Uh, I can't wait to see that. Oh my God. That's fantastic. Oh, all right. I, I feel good. I feel good about ending the pod right there because we talked about the Stanley yeah. cup and we talked about food. Um, Perfect. so the only downside of this is, uh, is that you beat me in the one shot that we had. Um, and that'll stick with me for Why a while. Why is that a downside? I think I feel like that's an upside. And my dad, my dad it's got to meet Marcus Freeman. It was a good weekend for this Matanas. So, so I, I guess, I guess I, I know the answer to this because I, I just met your father as well. He enjoyed meeting Marcus more than me. You can say it. That's okay. It's okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's okay. not. A, it's not a competition, Mike. I know, but but he did. He enjoyed meeting Marcus more than me, and and that's okay. The the thing that hurts is I think you enjoyed talking to Marcus more than me. That's not true. Hey, who did I bake cookies for? <laughs> That's all right? true. You're right. You did not for hand you. Marcus Freeman a not bag of Marcus cookies. So I appreciate that very much. <laughs> well done out of you. That's the other next thing we'll do is we'll end it by crumbling up all your cookies and dropping it right in the Stanley Cup. <laughs>